Welcome back, everybody, to the 18th episode of Duval Till We Pod. <laughs> I have to do it over. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Uh, you broke me. I didn't do anything. You look so shocked that I didn't say this. I was shocked that you knew the number. So it threw me. Welcome back, everybody, to Duval Till We Pod. My name's Daniel. With me, JC. How are you? Do you really care? Well, that face makes me think probably don't ask. Yeah. I mean, there's five weeks till summer. I mean, there's six days until the NFL draft. Yeah. I mean, well. From the time that we're recording. Yeah, tomorrow's Blake Bortles days away, baby. Oh, I miss I did Blake. Rudy Ford last year just to bother people that love Bortles so much on my <laughs> countdown on Twitter. So uh, tomorrow um, I'm giving in to the masses, and tomorrow on my Twitter, at JC underscore DTWP, I think that's right, <laughs> it'll be Blake Bortles days away. But obviously by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be like two days away, and so <laughs> – It'll be Rayshon Jenkins, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. What about uh, – are you doing Lambo? Did Lambo get drafted? Uh, Who's four? Four. Penny? Four is going to be – you know what? We'll Chadwick just, Henny? It was – I did I did Josh Lambo uh, last year. You've been throwing some Henny. Uh, speaking of Chad Henney, the Kansas City Chiefs love ex-Jaguar quarterbacks because Chad Henney retired, and this week they signed Blaine Gabbert. Bortles is next. I'm joking. Uh, Bortles is retired. Rambo, uh, Lambo was undrafted. I, don't, I used him anyway, even though that goes against my rules, so I can't use Lambo again because it goes against my rules. What Henny wore four, right? No, he wore seven. He, he wore has seven. Wore, he has worn four. This is an awesome open to an episode, by the way. I was just talking, talking about, about Chad Henney. About random Jaguars jersey numbers. This is not why our listeners come here, Daniel. Well, if they're not coming here for Chad Henney, I, I don't know I don't know what else to do. Why are they here, right? Chad Chad Henney is among the best things that have happened to this franchise in the last 25 years. That 98-yard drive in a playoff game. Didn't that make you just want to jump out a window? That Houston game where he threw for like 450 yards and Blackman had 300. And Matt Schaub, uh, unfortunately, threw for like 550 or whatever. Number four is going to be a difficult one for old JC to have a good one on his Twitter. He's going to have to be creative. Not many Jags. Have worn um, four. Have worn four. Is anyone wearing it right now? Uh, not according to this. Interesting. Um, EJ Perry wore it. Oh, God. Um, Jaden Mickens apparently wore it in 2021. He wore 85 the first time. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. Um, Josh Lambeau, Todd uh, Bauman. Oh, God. And Brian Barker. Brian Barker is your best option, probably, if he got drafted. Yeah, I'm going to Live. Live jersey number. Research. It's a terrible opening to an episode. Ah, I can edit it. Can always edit it. 
even if if we come on here and spew a bunch of nonsense and make predictions that are you know entirely wrong i can always edit it so so we're that we're always right that's, um, the, that's the wonderful thing about this marker was undrafted damn all right if it's not Todd Bauman, I know I think that was the thing last year. I think I looked it up. I think no Jaguars player EJ Perry that wore four. EJ Perry was undrafted free agent. Damn. Todd Bauman also undrafted. I think that's why. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be super creative. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to go back and I guarantee you one of our players has wore four in college or something. Probably. And I'll just I'll just use a college picture. If I, if I, if I do some research and I think about it long enough. Uh, we'll make it happen. Well, just just so fans don't think that we're only talking about jersey numbers six days up from the NFL draft, we'll go ahead and uh, talk about today's theme. JC and I uh, made two lists of things that we expect or or predict will happen in the NFL draft. Not not Jaguar specific, but just uh, just things that may transpire next Thursday. Um, I think we both have seven things. Uh, and we, we can alternate, you know, alternate hot takes or, or bold predictions or, or maybe some, uh, some matches made in heaven that we, we think, uh, could be reasonable or, or, uh, nice matches. Yeah. And, um, I'm not going to be too, too bold with some of my needs. Some of mine are givens, um, some of mine are expectations based on what the people around the league think is going to happen. Um, so none of them are too bold. Um, and one of them is a guarantee. One of these that I am willing to stake everything on that I guarantee it. We'll get to that one in a second. I have a feeling I know which one that is. It'll be my last one. You know, I'm going to switch the order. It's going to be my last one. I'm going to save that one. Oh, man. That's going to be the good one. I'll go ahead and start it off if you don't mind. Let's hit it. My first one, CJ Stroud will be selected outside of the top five. I would have called you a madman a month ago. I would have said it a month ago. Yeah. Um, you know, as me and you have discussed previously, CJ Stroud for well over a month was the Vegas betting odds favorite to be the number one overall pick. I never believed it. Um, I did. I'll be totally honest with you. I was fully hook, line, and sinkered in. I was ready to sharpie in CJ Stroud one to Carolina, Bryce Young two to Houston, and but things have flipped um, to the point to where the national media, <clears throat> uh, the trusted national media guys like Adam Schefter, are even saying that it is basically like a lock that Bryce Young will be the number one overall pick um, to Carolina. That they're not even really considering anyone else anymore. Teams, uh, other teams are under the impression that that will be the selection. Yeah, so, um, you know, that's kind of a lock. And now you're looking at, okay, so where does C.J. Stroud go now? Okay, well, now that it's been reported also that Houston was in love with Bryce Young, he's gone. They don't even go quarterback. They don't settle for the second best. Um, they're potentially going to go Will Anderson. And then you get into Arizona. Well, what if Arizona doesn't th- trade the pick? They're not taking a QB. They're going to probably take Tyree Wilson. Then you get into four, and all reports say that Will Levis is who Indy likes. All right, and then you go into five, who Seattle is probably going to have to think about quarterback soon. They have C.J. Stroud. His name's Geno Smith. (laughs) But not yet. 
you know, so like your prediction makes total, like I said, I would have called you a madman a month ago, but it makes total sense today. I think, I think that seven is a really nice spot for him. And I'm not sure that I'm not really sure that Las Vegas will have to trade up. Um, it might be that they're the trade up to three, uh, but you may see a team go up and grab Anthony Richardson, who from an upside perspective and from a, a trading up perspective is probably a, a much more likely candidate to trade up for. Um, you know, you, it's it's really hard to uh, CJ Stroud. Nothing about CJ Stroud athletically or, or from a physical standpoint necessarily stands out. He doesn't have the greatest arm. He's not the biggest dude. Uh, he's not the most athletic dude. Not the greatest at, at avoiding pressure, dealing with pressure, um, which is a you know some of the narratives that have been thrown around with CJ Stroud. A lot of them are warranted. Uh, but what he is good at is he's he's super accurate. Um, he's got a good enough arm. It's not like he, he's not like Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes, but, uh, it's, it's quality. So I think that his ceiling is probably a, a middle of the pack NFL quarterback in the, in the realm of, uh, Kirk cousins, Geno Smith, Derek Carr, somewhere in there. Um, but you just don't have the ceiling that you do with a guy like Anthony Richardson or Will Levis for that matter. Um, you know, if either one of those or both of them hit, they're going to be some of the NFL's best quarterbacks. The problem is if they don't hit, they're probably going to be some of the NFL's worst quarterbacks. Uh, but I, I think CJ Stroud is probably a lot safer of an option to trade up for. He just doesn't give you that wow factor that some of the other guys go for. Does Anthony Richardson have the most upside of any QB in the draft? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so too. I, I think he's, I'm not saying he is Cam Newton, but when you think of just like body and, you know, style and things like that, like he could have an impact similar to that on a franchise. I think, I think it's Carolina more along the lines of Josh Allen, which is even better if you are drafting him. Well, uh, so Cam Newton was a lot more polished than Richardson was coming out. I mean, Cam Newton had one of the best rookie seasons ever for a quarterback. And I think that Anthony Richardson, if he is successful, is going to follow more of a similar path to Josh Allen, where he's really going to struggle probably in his early uh, formative years. And then, you know, if the team that drafts him gives him the opportunity, like Buffalo did to Josh Allen, then you could have a quarterback uh, really thrive and and be one of the NFL's best. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where it plays out, because I still really like C.J. Stroud, like you said. I don't know if I... I don't expect him to be a superstar. I'll agree with you on that one. But I do expect him to be a serviceable NFL quarterback that can win a decent amount of games. Um, I'm still amazed every year by the amount of games Kirk Cousins is able to win, <laughs> given the fact that he's is basically as kind of vanilla as it gets. Um, so I'm I'm not at all surprised by that one. So I will give you my first one. Um, and mine is similar on the path of a player – uh, being a top five pick, but mine's going to be a guarantee prediction that a player stays in the top five, and that's going to be, I believe, Jalen Carter still goes in the top five. Uh, I think he's probably the best football player in the draft, and I don't think he's going to fall past Seattle at five. Um, I don't think he'll go before then, but I also don't think that they're going to pass on him to let him go after. I think the absolute, absolute latest he would ever go is 10 to Philly. 
but I think he's not going to slide past Seattle at five. I think that's pretty much a lock. I think Seattle, that's a huge add for them. Um, you know, they lost some a little bit of size on their uh, D-line this offseason with some free agency. So adding a guy like Jalen Carter, who has some things to clean up. He's had kind of a messy offseason. He's been in a situation that I don't envy for sure. Obviously going through a hard time. Um, refused to take any top 30 visits. The pro day weight thing bothers me. Yeah, it did. And the the top 30 visit thing was a little interesting where he refused to take any top 30 visits with teams that weren't picking top 10. Teams uh, can trade up. I don't. Yeah, so that, that was kind of interesting. Uh, but I, I don't. I still think Seattle is going to look at him and not be able to pass. I, I think that's going to be one of those things where they feel like they just really can't. And so my first uh, prediction for – Next Thursday night is Carter fifth to Seattle. And I'll carry off of you. I think that Jalen Carter will go outside of the top five. I think you're going to have three quarterbacks. Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson be your top five. Uh, And Jalen Carter will fall somewhere between, between six and 10. You could see a lot of movement between six and 10. Um, Say for instance, Arizona trades back with, uh, the Raiders, Arizona could be a team that takes uh, Jalen Carter at six or seven, rather. Um, beg my pardon. Uh, Detroit could always take him. You know, putting putting Jalen Carter next to Aiden Hutchinson. You know, what more do you want? Uh, and then you've got any of the three teams from eight to ten. Uh, the Falcons, the Bears, and the Eagles will will all be prime candidates for Jalen Carter. Uh, but uh, there's been a lot of Tyree Wilson smoke really the last several months. It was rumored a couple, like what, a month and a half ago, two months ago, that he could be the first edge rusher and defensive player off the board. And that's not really going away. I think Will Anderson's kind of taken that back, but Tyree Wilson is widely regarded as one of the, uh, the draft's premier players. And from what I've seen and heard, uh, he's been acing um meetings with teams so that's that's another encouraging one and he is a player that was certainly productive in college football last year he he had some of the most one of one of the highest pressure rates in in this nfl draft and in college in general yeah the fact that he uh my favorite thing about tyree wilson is that he walked away from texas a&m who i despise so that made me uh that made me incredibly happy that he left texas a&m and ended up being a Big time stud at Texas Tech, and he's going to be a top five pick because of it. Um, I love to see Texas AM has overtaken Florida and Alabama as an LSU fan for me in my in my test. Yeah. Um, they paid fifty million dollars for a recruiting class and won three games. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they beat us, but whatever. We're, that's not important. All right. Um, so my next one is the most the most unpredictable first round pick to predict where he's going to go. Um, and it's our guy, B. John Robinson, who you and I both really, really like. How do you not? Um, I feel like he goes anywhere from eight to Atlanta to literally could go 31 to Kansas City, which wouldn't that just be grand? Um, he wouldn't make it that far. They wouldn't let that happen. Uh, so my prediction for Bijan is one that the Vegas odds don't support. But I have him going to the Tampa Bay Bucks. I think that is an excellent landing spot for him. 
They are going to, regardless of who their starting quarterback ends up being throughout the whole season, if it is, if it's Kyle Trask, he is a great uh, way to take pressure off of Kyle Trask. And if it's Baker Mayfield, he is a great way to take pressure off of Baker Mayfield. Um, they have an elite receiving core. Uh, you know, they have Chris Godwin. They have Mike Evans. They have Russell Gage. You know, they have a very good receiver group there. Um, they could use some help in the tight end department. But a running back like Bijan Robinson in a very, very bad division makes Tampa Bay right up there with the ability to win that division again, um, even with Baker Mayfield, if they add a guy like Bijan Robinson. And so that's why I feel, I feel really good about that being a landing spot for him just because I think the fit kind of makes so much sense. Especially, especially for a guy like Baker Mayfield, who had some, who had, who had some success at Cleveland with a really good backfield, and this would give him a, a running back in the similar mold of, as to what he had in Cleveland. I'm not saying Bijan Robinson will be as good as Nick Chubb. I think he certainly can be, and I think he can be really the best NFL running back almost immediately. He's that good. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't want to put immediate pressure on a rookie running back coming in that he has to be, you know, Nick Chubb. That's, I think that's lofty, uh, or unfair to, to Bijan, but, uh, you know, similar to, to what you said, uh, my next one is also on Bijan Robinson. And I, I think he's the first offensive skill position taken. I, I think that there will be quarterbacks and offensive linemen taken before Bijan. And that makes sense. Uh, offensive tackle and quarterback are, are the two highest paid positions and most valuable positions in the NFL. Uh, but when you look at this receiving class, receiver class, it's it's not that strong. It's really Jackson Smith and Jigba. And then it's like, okay, which player do you want to talk yourself into drafting in the, the late first round? Because it's Jackson Smith and Jigba as a first round player and then no one else. Uh, and you kind of have to talk yourself into taking another receiver. Do you want size with Quentin Johnson? Do you want a slot guy with Zay, uh, Zay Flowers? But, you know, Bijan has the ability as a receiver to be one of the most dangerous players in the NFL. And when you take away his running, you know, he, he's almost just as good as a receiver as, as he is a rusher. And I think that as a player, uh, he can have a Todd Gurley-esque immediate impact in the NFL, a guy that can push, really push for 2,000 yards total uh, every single year. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be to the effect of Christian McCaffrey as a receiver, but I, I, I think that uh, Todd Gurley's uh, early years is something that uh, Bijan Robinson could offer you, and, and he can immediately come in and be one of the NFL's uh, best young uh, running backs and receivers. This year doesn't have – uh, like you said, it has one receiver that's viewed by the league as a top 15 pick, 20 pick. And even he's not athletically gifted. Yeah, and then the the tight end class, which is really good, is still probably if – it wouldn't shock anyone if only one went in the first round, and it's in the 25 to 31 range. It might be zero. I mean, It might be, and it might be zero. Um, now, there's three guys that are – Worthy of being late first round picks, you know, Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid, and Darnell Washington are all worthy of being late first round picks. Um, but Bijan is the best offensive skill player, you know, probably maybe in the draft. He's the best player in the draft. Yeah, I think him and Jalen Carter probably he have the, the the fight for best 
player in the draft. Bijan Robinson is better at his position than any other player is at their respective position in this draft. Yeah, and I think it's hard to argue, and I think most of the draft world agrees. Um, so him being the first skill player would not shock me at all. Now, when it falls, though, is interesting because so many corners, so many offensive tackles, four quarterbacks, um, a potential of a fifth quarterback sneaking into the back half of the first round. So it's going to be a very interesting first round. It is do- it is going to be dominated by four positions. Quarterback, offensive tackle, corner, and edge rusher. And so who decides that they cannot pass on Bijan? Because the team's going to do it, and it's not going to take long for it to happen. Somebody is going to put the stigma aside of first-round running back, and they're going to say, screw it, this guy is real good, and I'm not, I'm not going to walk away without him. I mean – Philadelphia at 10, if some of those corners are gone, makes a lot of sense. Tampa Bay, as I predicted, makes a lot of sense. Uh, Detroit makes it, that Detroit is that's a fun one. Him going to Detroit with their second first round pick. I mean, Detroit would be ready to roll. Now, granted, they got some bad news today with Jamison Williams being suspended for the first six games. But I mean, other than that, that that team's gonna be a lot of fun. So what about the Bears coming back up into the first round? Do they have a they have a second round pick, right? Yes. Yeah. What about them coming back up? Justin Fields and Bijan. Yeah, that'd be pretty draft, nice. Draft yeah. Paris Johnson in the first round. Come back up and get Bijan. Yeah, and I'm a huge, as you know, I'm a huge Justin Fields guy. Like I, I want to see him successful. Tell me that's not one of the most dangerous backfields in football. Without a doubt, and he's the guy that I wanted desperately in Jacksonville. If not for, thank you, Frank Gore if not for the Jets fumbling the number one overall pick to us. Um, and I think with Urban Meyer, that's 100% who it would have been. Urban Meyer was not going to take Zach Wilson uh, or anybody else. It was it was 100% going to be Justin Fields if we were picking two. Um, so I love Justin Fields. I loved him at Ohio State, and I want to see him successful, especially since he's not in our conference. So him being successful doesn't affect us at all. Uh, so I want to see good things happen to him. So – I'm going to say Bijan to the Bucks. I got money on it on DraftKings, and, and that's the one I want to see happen. I, I've got an interesting one for you. What about the Titans? It'd There's be, been rumors that Henry's going to – If they have a plan for Henry – get traded. Yeah, and I think I mentioned that on the last episode, kind of at the end, our last episode when we were talking about Bijan. Um, if they have a plan to move on from Henry, like what a change that could be. Like, cause that, I mean, obviously you go right away from the bell cow of your entire team being a big, powerful running back. And then you just swap him out for another really good running back. What do you think about Bijan hooker for the that'd Titans? Be, that'd be pretty special. I hope it doesn't happen. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. 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 Um, but you know, in, in fantasy mock draft land, we have no enemies. So we can, we can speculate. That'd be fun. It would. It'd, it'd be a lot of fun, um, but only if Tennessee got like sent to the XFL, because then it'd be okay. But because <laughs> you still have Tannehill, um, so you don't you don't have to play Hooker right away. And I think that Bijan Robinson, you know, Derrick Henry's got a lot of a lot of yardage and, and miles on his on his legs at this point. He's got, he's got a huge contract, uh, you know, in terms of for running backs. Um, so yeah, I I don't think they'll do it. But if a team would, it would be Tennessee, just because of how uh, dated 
I'll say their offensive uh, scheme is. I know, I know they just fired their GM for whatever reason uh, and, and have hired a new one. So I'm not sure we have no information on how this, how their new GM drafts, but uh, that that's just one that I thought, you know, I was, I was looking at the teams in the early teens uh, and they, they were one that I was like, huh, if they do have a plan for getting rid of Henry, could Bijan be an answer? Yeah. And now we are to the point in our predictions where we share one. We have one that we share, right? So it's your turn. So if you want to go ahead and introduce our third one that we that we both share, we can both talk about it. We both agree that Nolan Smith will go in the first uh, the, the top ten picks. Yep. Stamp um, it. And I don't know if it's going to be an eight. I don't know if it's going to be a ten, but it'll probably be at one of those two. Um, now this could get more interesting. If quarterbacks do go early, because then you're going to have some edge rushers fall. And then, and then maybe in that situation, Nolan Smith doesn't go in the top 10 or if Jalen Carter falls to 10. Uh, but I think that that given the discussion right now, I, I, I think that Nolan Smith is probably the third edge rusher taken off the board. And then you've got Van Ness and Miles Murphy after him. But I think the NFL teams you know, the, the league's getting smaller and faster at, at a lot of different positions. Uh, and I think that, you know, Nolan Smith is 239 pounds and he'd be the lightest edge rusher ever taken in the first round. But I think that the NFL is ready, ready to make that step. And, and Nolan Smith's one of the, the best young players in this draft. Yeah. And, and that's why, you know, to me, it's kind of a no brainer while we both had it on our list is you and I, all offseason long have talked about how much we like Nolan Smith. Um, he tested incredibly well. Um, he is one of the players that is reported to be a favorite of Trent Baalke uh, and Doug Peterson. He is one of the three players that they hope is available when they pick at 24. Obviously, based on this prediction, we believe he will not be. Um, but, you know, he ran a 4.39 at 238 pounds. Uh, you know, two-time national champion uh, coming off that Georgia defense, which continues to produce first-round picks and will continue to produce first-round picks because of the, how well Kirby Smart recruits defensive players. Um, but, yeah, he's he's a pipe dream. He's a guy that I would absolutely love to have in Jacksonville. But I don't think he makes it out of the, the top ten. Like you said, I think, I think he's a Falcon or an Eagle. He's eight or ten, Falcon or Eagle. Um, I think they can't pass the combination of – athleticism uh he's got incredibly violent hands at the point of attack especially for a guy that is considered small based on his position um but if you if you watch him he goes against darnell Wright. he goes against some of these offensive linemen that are going to be first second third round picks in this draft or next year's draft and the the size really doesn't hold him back like he's bendy he's fast uh, he, he's, he's nasty. Um, and that's why we both agree that he will come off the board incredibly early on Thursday night. And he's also, he's also a fairly versatile player because Georgia asked him to do so many things. He doesn't have that many pass rush snaps. Um, so he, he Georgia asked him to do a lot and, and that provides some versatility. I, I expect him in a similar mold to Trayvon Walker to rush the passer a lot more in the NFL. Uh, and he's certainly gifted enough to do it. Um, so I think he's uh, he's a guy that's going to be a lot better pro than he was in college, and he's got a really bright future ahead of him. Yeah, and so um, 
I believe it's your turn since we both shared this one and we both and we both shared our piece. All right. So now this is our fourth of our seven predictions. Sure. I'm gonna say that six O linemen go in round one. That's um, a lot of beef, man. That that is a lot of beef. Speaking of beef, I got beef coming later too. Uh I I think that there will be two interior offensive linemen taken and four tackles. The two interior offensive linemen being Peter Skronsky, who I think the majority of NFL teams probably project to the interior. I think he could play all five positions on the offensive line. Uh, I would love him to have, I'd love to have him anywhere. Uh, If he were to make it to Jacksonville, I would be uh, sprinting to the stage with five cards left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle. I don't care where he's playing. Dude's good. Uh, he's the best alignment in this draft. The other interior offensive line of Cyrus Torrance, who I think Jags fans are, are pretty familiar with at this point. He is uh, statistically, by pressure rate, one of one of the best alignment in this draft. Dude's really, really big for a guard. Uh, an interior player. Um, he does have tackle experience uh, from high school um he, he was kind of projected to be a tackle at college didn't end up working they moved him to right guard and he's been a right guard since uh so he, he's he's a guy that's played a lot in college and, and done very well at uh at both the sec and lower uh lower fbs uh ranks but uh he, he's another guy that i think will go in the first round a sneaky one that could sneak in there i don't think will but uh, it's possible steve avila from tcu heard some things about dallas potentially going after him uh and then the four tackles uh you've got Roderick jones paris johnson jr darnell wright and then one of anton harrison and dewan jones i would expect it to be harrison uh of the two and harrison especially uh watch out for him at tampa you know you mentioned Bijan robinson but tampa's in a situation where they're trying to not move tristan worse from right tackle to left tackle and Anton Harrison would be a guy that would uh, fix that problem. And, and he's kind of in the similar mold to Charles cross where really, really good uh, offensive pass protection uh, protector, but uh, not as refined or experienced in the run game. Yeah. And I think you'll see a run on them. Kind of like you said, because there are, there are some really good offensive linemen to be had later in the draft as well. In the second, third, fourth round, uh, even maybe later than that. Uh, but there's going to be a run because, like we said, it's one of those positions that, that's going to dominate the first round. Uh, I hope that, you know, if the cards fall right, if the Jags were to be one of the teams that walks away with one of these said offensive linemen that you've mentioned, I would not be upset about it at all. Um, many people think that maybe offensive line isn't a glaring need. But when you look at the future, you have to understand that it's going to come up and it's going to be a problem. Um, right now, we have a question mark at left guard. Ben Barch, as Trent Baalke reported this week, will not be ready for training camp. Uh, not the very beginning, anyway. Uh, and then you have Tyler Shatley, who's very serviceable. But wouldn't you rather Tyler Shatley go back to his role as the swing interior guy? Um, and that's where Osiris Torrance could come in. Osiris Torrance is a favorite of a lot of Jags Twitter. Um, you know, Louisiana guy has been transplanted now, so he can claim rights to be a Florida boy also. Um, so he's a local guy that would fit in really, really well. Um, but the Jags do have question marks also at tackle. Cam Robinson's on a massive deal, but he's also coming off of an injury. Um, could we draft his potential replacement? 
even a right tackle to potentially boot Walker Little back to the left side uh, in the near future. So um, my next one is also offensive line related, uh, and it's another one that you and I agree on, even though it didn't make your list for tonight, is that you and I both believe that Ohio State's Paris Johnson will be the first offensive lineman yes. taken in the draft. Um, for the longest time, it was uh, Skorinski from Northwestern. Uh, that was every mock draft for the longest time had him as the first O-lineman to go with Paris Johnson not too, too far behind him. Like in the mid-teens, I believe, is where he was slated a lot to be the first offensive uh, – the second O-lineman taken. Um, but I just I just think he – I think the board is flipped uh, kind of around the league. Uh, Paris Johnson is a nasty human being uh, who does a lot of things really, really well. And I think that he's really a welcome addition to whatever team uh, takes him. Um, and I don't think he'll be a top five pick um, strictly because of, like we talked about previously, uh, it's quarterback, it's Will Anderson, it's probably Tyree Wilson, it's another quarterback, and then Seattle just took a tackle in the top ten last year. I think it starts at seven. Yeah, and so then when you get to that point, uh, it gets to who needs a tackle, and then he's going to be the first one on pretty much, I think, every board of those teams picking early. Um, and so, yeah, Paris Johnson, big nasty out of Ohio State, and I think he's the first offensive lineman that we will see taken next Thursday. If I had to pick an offensive lineman for the Jaguars, I'd pick Broderick Jones. That would what be is what is up with what is up with the Jags and these Georgia boys? That would be fun as hell because he doesn't have to play right away. Uh, Broderick Jones has the least amount of pass uh, block snaps in this draft. Because he, he, he's really only played one year. Um, but having him be behind Cam as his eventual replacement, it would be fun. I know it wouldn't be it wouldn't be great to not have our first round pick play his rookie year, but Project Chance is gonna be so good. Um so that, that, he, I think that all three tackles, Darnell Wright, Project Jones, and Paris Johnson Jr. will all be really, really good. Drafting a tackle for the Jags in the first round is going to require something uh, that most Jags fans do not do not possess: patience. Uh, we, if we draft an offensive lineman in the first round, people are going to hope it's Osiris Torrance because they are going to expect him to play right away. If yeah. we draft a tackle that we know isn't going to be a starter day one, people are going to have are, fits. People, yeah, people are going to have fits about it, even if it's a great pick. Like, we could literally have Paris Johnson follow us at 24, who we consider the best offensive tackle, and people would still complain because it's not some immediate impact flashy player. Uh, so this th- this is a really good offensive line class, and I, and I really hope, depending on who falls, like I said before, Osiris following us at 24, I'm, I'm fist pumping on my couch uh, if he ends up being a Jaguar. I think he does so many things well. All right, so now – we each have three remaining, and you are up again, friend. Talking about beef, Mazzy Smith. I think Mazzie. he's going to be the second defensive lineman taken behind Jalen Carter. Uh, after Jalen Carter, it's it's a bit of a, a fall. You've got uh, you've got Brian Brzee, Elijah Cansey, Mazzy Smith, Adebuare. If you if you want to consider him a defensive tackle, he's kind of a tweener right now. I think NFL teams are trying to figure out what they want to do with him. Um, Keon White, similarly, but uh, 
you know, I think that Mazzy Smith with his size and athleticism, I know he didn't test incredibly well in terms of RAS, but uh, he's one of the more gifted athletes in this class. Big, strong dude. One of the best run defenders in this NFL draft class and has really shown flashes as a pass rusher. If an NFL team can can figure this guy out, he's going to be one of, one of, if not uh, the second best defensive tackles in this class behind uh, Jalen Carter. Yeah, and I like him a lot. Uh, you know, 6'3", 319 uh, at his pro day. Uh, didn't participate in everything, but had 34 reps on bench press. Strong. Which I've heard is a lot of weight to move that many times. Um, I don't think I could do 34 reps of 34 pounds. <laughs> so, I mean, Mazzy Smith is a nasty interior defensive lineman. Uh, Michigan had, obviously, an, another excellent season this year. Uh, losing in the semifinal, so being one of the final four teams, and he was a big, big part of that. Uh, 33 and three-quarter inch arms. Um, you know, he was – I'm sorry, 323 is what his weight ended up being. So, he he's a, he's a beefy one. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, you know, there's been rumor and interest that the Cowboys are very interested. Uh, Cowboys have been monitoring that interior D-line market uh, in the draft with a lot of their visits. They also had uh, Javon Dexter in from Florida, who you and I both love. Another big boy. Um, another big one. Uh, so, Mazzy Smith going in the first round, not a surprise at all. Him being the second interior D lineman, be a maybe a little bit of a surprise because of guys like Kalasia Cansey and Brian Brzee that have been rumored so much to be first-round picks. I don't, um, I don't think the NFL is going to be as high on Cansey. I wouldn't have a problem taking him, but the NFL, you know how old these old heads are. They're going to have a difficult time drafting a, a six foot, 275 pound defensive tackle in the first round, who probably isn't a three down player. Um, I'll tell you what I hope the NFL values. I hope the NFL values Brian Brzee before the Jaguars draft uh, <laughs> because I don't want him here. All right. So my next one um, is not controversial at all, but I think you might disagree with me. Um, I believe that Hendon Hooker will be a first-round pick. Uh, I think that there are – I think it's the perfect storm for his situation. Hendon Hooker, excellent quarterback at Tennessee this past year. Um, destroy, absolutely sliced and diced my LSU Tigers in their own stadium this year. It was, it was bad, bad. Um, tears his ACL in a time where – he had to earn first round pick status back in the fall because of his age. Uh, you know, when people talked about how nice of a season he was having, people had to kind of remind themselves and kind of bring themselves back down to earth about his being, you know, an older quarterback. He is um, two to three years older than basically every other quarterback in the draft, uh, which matters to teams. You know, how long am I going to get this guy? Is it a Brandon Whedon situation, you know, where he was a stud at Oklahoma State, but when you get him in Cleveland, he's already almost 30. <laughs> and so, um, so Hendon Hooker, you know, before his injury, 27 touchdowns, two picks, not bad. Uh, threw for uh, 3,000 yards, only played 11 games. So he missed out on the 12th game, and he missed out on what their bowl game would have been. Uh, so... I, I love him. I think he's very special. But it, to me, it's the perfect storm for, like I said, for a player in his situation because 
You have teams that are not quarterback needy, but <laughs> quarterback intriguey, just because it kind of rhymed. Uh, teams that could be intrigued by quarterbacks because they have multiple first round picks. Think about the fact that Detroit and Seattle have multiple first round picks. All right. They could get whoever they want with their first one and take the risk of taking Hinton Hooker with their second one. Um, you know, Detroit picks six and 18. Um, I think that Philly is what, 10 and 30. Uh, so Hinton Hooker is probably going to be there with the 30th pick. I mean, unless somebody really loves him and wants to jump Philly. Um, not Philly. I'm sorry. Seattle. No, wait. wait. Seattle picks 20. I, I mixed up the birds here. Uh, Philly picks 30. Seattle picks 20. Uh, so if you're Seattle, you really don't have much to lose by taking whoever you want at five and then possibly taking Hendon Hooker at 20 um, because you don't need him to play in 2023. You have Geno Smith re-signed for a three-year deal, but it's only a three-year deal. And in quarterback world, that's the kind of deal you sign when you are still looking for a long-term option. You know, I think the Raiders signed Jimmy Garoppolo to a three-year deal, but they're still looking for a potential long-term option. They're probably going to draft one at seven. Uh, so I think that Detroit and Seattle both make sense. My favorite landing spot is Houston. I think that Houston can absolutely afford to take Will Anderson too, take a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba at 12, and then – trade up from 34 into the mid-20s, or maybe not even have to trade up. You know, if they just kind of monitor and kind of play it slow and see how it falls. Um, you know, all these guys are always making phone calls during the draft. They're kind of, you know, kind of trying to prod to see who teams are going to trade up for and things like that. They're always working those phones. And I, I think that Houston is a very interesting landing spot because they could potentially be in a situation to where they don't need him to start right away either. They could be willing to have a year of Davis Mills under D'Amico Ryans while Hendon gets healthy and while they continue to have all these young guys that they've invested picks in to have a year of seasoning. You know, Derek Stingley will come back healthy, who was the third overall pick. Uh, last year, you'd have Will Anderson playing as a rookie. You'd have Jackson Smith and Jigba playing as a rookie. And then you could have Hendon Hooker waiting, getting healthy, and then eventually being your starting quarterback in 2024. Uh, so that makes uh, a lot of sense for me. I think Seattle, Detroit, or Houston, um, or, you know, maybe a surprise team, but those three make a lot of sense. And I think that – but I was so wrong last year. Both of us were when it came to predicting first-round quarterbacks. Um, Thankfully. Yeah, we were we were bad. Um, I was especially worse. I, I had Malik Willis going number two overall to Detroit. Um, please don't hire me, NFL teams. To be, to be a scout. Um, I just think that desperation sets in at times, but I don't think Hendon Hooker is going to be the case, but I definitely think that Hendon Hooker has a strong chance of being a first-round pick. Won't shock me if he's not, but I'm willing to, to lay down the gauntlet and say that he will be. Yeah, I, I think that his the likelihood that he goes in the early portion of the second round is probably more likely. So my, my only comeback with Houston is – He's not going to play next year, right? We don't expect him to play coming off an ACL. So uh, with Davis Mills, Houston wins three games next year, right? Theoretically, hypothetically. They have the second overall pick. 
Are you gonna are you gonna pass on Drake May or Caleb Williams because you have Hendon Hooker? Well, you're not getting Caleb Williams, but yes, uh, <laughs> Caleb Williams is going number one regardless. But yeah, and and I, and I get that standpoint. Um, I just think the fit makes sense and it'd be fun. It would. Because um, think about 2024, Hendon Hooker, Damian Pierce, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. You know, with Laramie Tunsil signed to a long-term deal. And then on the defensive side, Will Anderson, Derek Stingley. Like, it just it, – it sounds fun. As and then a Jaguar Jaylen, fan. Jalen Petrie. Yeah, Jalen Petrie from Baylor, who you and I both liked a lot last draft season, uh, is also with that Houston team. Um, so, as a Jaguars fan, I hope good things don't happen to Houston. But I think the fit makes a lot of, a lot of sense and it'd be fun. So, uh, Petrie led the NFL in one statistic last year as a rookie. I don't know if you know this. Missed tackles? Yes. Yeah, I figured that's where you were going. He also he, – he but to be fair, he led the NFL missed tackles. He also had a really good year as a rookie. He, he, turned, it on, he turned it on late really well. He's a really good player. Uh, so, with, with Petrie and Stingley, their, their secondary has some potential going forward. It, it'd be nice to see them maybe grab another corner or safety in this draft. But, uh, yeah, that, that roster can be quickly improved – uh, in this draft as they have like 10 picks in the top like 20 it's not quite that bad but it's they they got a lot of draft capital they can be very aggressive if they want to be they'd see a guy that they uh they want falling uh or you know they can they can use those picks to to fix this roster um we just got but, two left you're up yeah i i, I think uh <clears throat> I think we're also going to see some huge draft day trades similar to last year when you had Marquise Brown uh, traded AJ Brown. I, I think that you're going to see a lot more, some potential names, uh, Deandre Hopkins, Buda Baker, Austin Eckler, Chase Young, Trey Lance, Aaron Rodgers, uh, And then you've got guys like Derek Henry and, and some other names that are reportedly, you know, being put on the trade block. Uh, but Eckler's an interesting one. You know, that could be a Bijan home if they do to, do end up trading him. Dalvin Cook, similarly. I don't I, I I would think that LA would be a lot more on board with Bijan than I suspect Minnesota would be. But uh yeah, Chase Young, does Chase Young get moved? Trey Lance? Because they've got three quarterbacks there that they have put a lot of capital into in San Francisco with Sam Darnold, Brock Purdy, and Trey Lance. Trey Lance kind of seems like the odd man out right now, which is wild considering they just moved up to trade. They traded a lot. And gave up a whole lot for him. So that's interesting. The Aaron Rodgers thing is uh, I'm tired of it. So tired of it. And and I'm not even involved. Like I've forgotten that he's even being traded at this point. it's it's kind of very old news, and I think the entire NFL is like, all right, Aaron, come on, buddy. Uh, and then Buddha and D Hop for Arizona. I, what is Arizona doing? Are, are, I'm so, I don't understand the thought process behind that organization right now. Um, is Kyler their guy? Are they trying to build around? I'm that roster's bad. That's a bad football team. Like you have Kyler Murray as your quarterback and you're picking third overall in this draft class. That shouldn't Kyler Murray should be able to create enough almost by himself. They were winning games and being in games because of Kyler. Uh, and that's a, that's a bad football team. So I, I, them trading away 
their two best players arguably is concerning. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you're going to see a lot of movement in this year's draft, uh, especially with uh, player for pick trades more than probably pick for pick trades. Yeah. And <clears throat> yeah, you mentioned Arizona, Arizona is such a weird spot. Um, arguably their two best players are potentially on the trade block. Uh, you know, Buddha, D-Hop really wants out. Buddha is willing to stay if he gets a, a better contract deal, which he frankly deserves to be one of the Who highest. Who else are you going to pay? Who uh, else yeah, are you going to pay? Exactly. And they, they've invested heavily on defense in early rounds in recent years, um, but it hasn't really worked out for them. Um, you know, last year they didn't have a first-round pick. They uh, traded it for Hollywood Brown, that late first that they had. Uh, Zavin Collins in 2021, Isaiah Simmons in 2020. Uh, they get Kyler in 2019, Josh Rose in 2018, LOL. Uh, they went defense again in 2017, defense again in the first round 2016. Like, they have invested heavily in a defense in the first round in the last five, six years that isn't a very good defense. Um, like, there's a, a reason they're picking third. Um, it's very rare that a team picking in the top five has a great defense. <laughs> Their offense isn't good either. No, it's not. And, you know, and Kyler probably isn't ever going to be a very successful NFL quarterback. Um, he probably should have stuck with the A's. <laughs> um, but they got new uniforms, so they got that going for them. They're but, ugly. Yeah. So, question for you based off what you suggested. Could – two-part question. Could – if pick 24 is kind of rolling around and the Jags really don't like the board, could they be a team to watch for, for one of those names? Yes. Maybe not with pick 24. Maybe not with pick 24. Cause I don't know if any of those guys you named are worth the first round pick, not the players, the Jaguars would be interested in, but could they maybe make a move for one of those guys because they're not going to address that position with that first round pick because the guy that they like don't fall. So like if they really like Brian branch, who I'll get to in a minute, if they really like Brian branch and he doesn't make it, could they be like, screw it. We're going to send the second round pick for Buddha right now. And then draft edge or O-line at 24. So I think, think Buddha and chase young probably make the most sense. I don't. Then, yeah. And then I was going to ask again, who, who do you think of those guys makes the most sense for the Jags? Um, I'd really like a, a like a, like to see us go after Chase Young probably more than Buddha Baker just because of that contract size. You know, Buddha is going to ask for a sizable contract, and the Jaguars are kind of in a sticky situation as it is right now. Um, much of that because of our own uh, inability to to sign contract extensions with some of our players right now, Evan Ingram. Uh, I, I think that Chase Young is going to come with a uh, less sizable deal, obviously. And if he performs next year and you have to sign him to a big contract, fantastic. You have a great edge player. Yeah. Uh, and you have the benefit of picking up his fifth-year option. Correct. And him playing 2024, you basically would have two years to sign him. And you so, have two of the three of the best edge rushers in the last six years. Daniel, Chase Young, Josh Allen on the outside, and then your three in the middle is Trevon Walker, Roy Robertson-Harris, 
And then in the middle, you have Foley, Devon Hamilton. Oh my, like that's that's pretty that's that's saucy. That that gets me excited. Yeah, with like, Devin Lloyd really and, and uh Foyer in the middle. Yeah, and then you know, Mumo rotates in Foyer. Um Devin Lloyd can be turned loose to rush the passer on those on certain downs. Like that makes a ton of sense. I don't know if I don't I don't know if I trust Balky enough to go pull something like that off. Um, but he did pull off Calvin Ridley when I never saw that coming. So I'll give the guy credit for an aggressive move on that on that front. And he did go get Devin Lloyd last year, which you know none of us again saw coming. Uh, so I wouldn't put it past him, but I know um, some people on Jags Twitter did mention some reliable sources that the Jags at least do have some interest in Buda Baker. Um, but you know, 30, 31 NFL teams had interest in Tom Brady for the last 20 years, but you know, but that doesn't mean that they're in any position to go get him or or even really entertaining a trade. We don't even know if Arizona is actually willing to trade him at this point. Uh, they probably they, they don't have any urgency to have to do so. They could potentially take it into the summer with contract negotiations. Maybe he's a a late summer trade, which we've seen happen before. Uh, so I don't think they're in any rush unless they get an excellent offer. Um, I think the price to get Chase Young is probably less than Buda Baker because Buda Baker is considered a premier, premier player at his position already. And Chase Young, because of no fault of his own, really, with his injuries, is not yet considered a premier player. Um, he was the best player in the draft in 2020 um, coming out, especially defensively for sure. Um, Cause you know, you had a lot of quarterbacks at the top and a couple of linemen Then you had like Justin Jefferson in the early twenties. Um, but Chase Young would have been the first, would have been the number one overall pick if any other team drafted number one that didn't need a quarterback, you know, he would have been the number one pick. If Washington happened to pick first over Cincinnati, he would have been the number one pick. Um, he, he was probably the best player in that draft. Um, all right. So my next one is more, you know, we have two left. Well, I have two left. You have one left now. Um, mine is a little bit more player-centric, and this is going to break some hearts. Um, I predict that Brian Branch will not be available for the Jaguars to take at 24. Um, I think he is going to be gone. I think he goes in the 15 to 22 range, uh, and I don't even think he's an option. Um, you and I – your stance on Brian Branch is a little bit different. You think it's literally just as likely that he goes 15th overall as opposed to going 40th overall. <laughs> um, you know, you, you said you kind of see – you could see him literally going anywhere in that range. Safety's um, have a tendency to fall, especially unathletic ones. I mean, you saw Derwin James go, what, 23? They do, yeah. And um, so – but to be even more specific on it, I, I – for some reason it just sticks with me. I think 16th overall to Washington makes a whole lot of sense for him. If they do want to hang on to Chase Young and continue to try to build that uh, that defense with you know Jonathan Allen, Chase Young, Brian Branch on the back end, um, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. That's where I've kind of mocked him recently, uh, in kind of in my head and you know on Twitter talking to some people. Um, I just I don't think he's going to be an option at twenty four. I know that the Jags like him. I know that he's one of those players that they have at the top of their board that they'd love to take at twenty four. Um, but I, I'm predicting that Brian Branch is not available. Yeah, I I, I do think he will be. Um, you know, this this draft has a lot of really, really good corners, and I think that teams are going to covet those really good corners over 
a, a nickel safety hybrid type player like Branch. You know, I, I think Banks is going to go over uh, Branch. You've got Joey Porter Jr., Devon Witherspoon. Uh, Christian Gonzalez is going to go in the top 10, I, I suspect. He could be a guy that goes as early as uh, really six. Um, so I think I, I, I think that Branch is likely to be there. I think Torrance will be there. And I do not think that uh, Nolan Smith will be there. I think I think we had a mix up because I I have done all seven of mine. Math is hard. It was never my strong suit. Yeah, I I think uh, I think I played off of one of yours. I took the scenic route in college. I should be a doctor with how long I was there. So so I had uh, C.J. Stroud outside the top five. Yes, six O line go round one. Bijan is the first offensive weapon taken. Mazzy Smith is DL2. Nolan Smith goes top 10. Jalen Carter goes outside the top five. And we see huge draft day trades, whether that's round one or round two. You piggybacked Bijan on my Bijan. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So I have one left. Um, and I'm going to be the Daniel for a second. I'm going to stop being JC. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be depressing Daniel for just a second when it comes to the Jags. Um, I'm going to predict that the Jaguars make me sad on Thursday night. That is my final prediction and hot take for the, uh, for the draft. Uh, because I think that two of the three players that the Jags really want will be gone. And I, because I, here's the deal two, two second soapbox. I'm kind of honestly, I'm not with most of Jags Twitter that are pounding their chest this offseason about how good we are and about how good we're going to be. Um, I think the brakes need to be pumped heavily by a lot of people. Um, I think we have a long way to go before we can really be considered a Super Bowl contender. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, we're already contenders. And I'm like, okay, man, uh, <laughs> like 2017 was great when 2018 we won five games you know in you know 2007 was a lot of fun in 2008 we won like five games uh 1999 was a lot of fun in 2000 i'm pretty sure we won like three games so like we've had these moments where we have like one really nice season and then there's a drop-off. There's been no consistency. Now, do I think we're the most prepared right now for consistent winning than we've been in 20 years? Yes, I absolutely do. Um, but I'm not ready to just crown us yet. So I'm not going to assume yet that things are just going to go swimmingly on Thursday night because I think that of the three players the Jags really like, we both agree Nolan Smith is going to be a top-10 pick. Um I personally think Brian Branch will not be available. You think he might, you think he will be, which is great. I hope it's true. Um, and then the third player, Osiris Torrance, likely will be available. Um, but I'm going to continue assuming for now that the Jaguars make mistakes, um, strictly because I'm not quite ready to just assume sunshine and rainbows. Um, but that one's kind of a, final tongue-in-cheek one because I, I do expect there to be some really good players available at 24, but I bet we'll mess it up by taking Brian Brzee or somebody like that, and we'll be looking at Osiris Torrance or somebody on the board, and we'll be taking Brzee, and we'll be 
the shooter McGavin gift from Happy Gilmore of him just like throwing his hands out like no. Uh, and so yeah, I, I predict that Thursday night the Jags make me very sad. If I if I had to pick one player that would probably disappoint me, and I think he's a really good player, don't get me wrong. Um to take at 24 is it is kind of a Jaguars fan favorite, Camp Smith. You know, your yours is Brian Brzee, mine's Cam Smith. I really like Cam Smith. I think he's gonna be a uh valuable cb2 in the nfl but i think in this corner class is so good i i think it's hard to take him over some of these other guys uh you know even even i'm not even going to mention keely ringo but emmanuel forbes julius brantz dj turner uh I, I think that a lot of those guys offer um starting value right away and can play you know both both inside and outside and Cam Smith struggled at times. Uh, you watch him against Jalen Hyatt, and he's he's starting like 15 yards off the line of scrimmage every play. Um, and that that's kind of concerning. Uh, I know there was concern about his deep speed, and that's part of the reason why. It's like, okay, you're super talented corner, super talented corner. Why why are you starting 15 yards yards off the line of scrimmage? And people compare him to uh, – you're going to have to help me, help me out. I'm blanking on his name. The corner from Carolina who also went to South Carolina. J.C. Horn. Uh, yeah, J.C. Horn would not be playing 15 yards off the line of scrimmage against Jalen Hyatt. And Cam Smith was. Uh, and he, and it, he did that as well against some other players. Um, so that, that was some of the concerns that people had about his long speed is, okay, are you compensating for something? And then you tested out of this war. He tested really well. Uh, and there's some other issues, but in a, in a corner class like this with such depth, I, I think that taking a guy like Cam Smith, who I, who I firmly believe is a day two pick in the first round, like some Jaguars fans want would be a mistake. You dislike the Brian Brzee pick, which I get. Um, I'm not really huge on taking a defensive lineman, any of the defensive linemen in the first round. I think there's a lot better value on day two whether it's Keanu Benton, Keon White, Jervon Dexter. Uh, Jacqueline Roy? Yeah, you're probably looking more day three, round four for Jacqueline Roy. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Pickens, Byron Young, uh, either Byron Young. Um, yeah. Keon White, who's kind of falls into the interior category mm-hmm. a little bit. Adeboire, um there, there's some really solid defensive tackles that, that are going to be available at 56 and 88. And I think that the value there matches a lot. It, it, it's a much better alignment between value and, and availability there. Um, so I, I would think that the Jaguars target someone on day two of the draft rather than day one. Um, and you can get yourself a player like Javon Dexter, who who's Mazzy Smith light, I'll say. I think they're pretty comparable players personally. I, I don't think the NFL is going to view them as such, but uh Camp Smith would probably be my one big disappointment, although I wouldn't be necessarily happy with one of the tight ends. I'd get it, one of the tight ends, but I, I think similar with corner is it's such a deep class. I, I think that I'd rather just wait for, for day two to take a, a pass catching tight end. Yeah, and I'm I'm not against a first-round tight end, even though I kind of – Eh, you know, you know me, I love tight ends. I'm a huge tight end guy. That's a great draft for them. 
Darnell Washington would excite me so much as a red zone target uh, if we were to grab him. It's it's just it's difficult for me getting behind you drafting a player in the first round that you hope never starts. Yeah, I mean at least not for the next couple of years. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I, Brian Brzee is really I think the only player that would have a sour taste in my mouth, and it's not that I don't expect him to be good. I just honestly don't think he's just a good pick for us. You know, I think there's plenty of places he could go and be a great fit. I think Minnesota, who picks one spot ahead of us, is a good place Buffalo. for him to go. Buffalo, the Saints are all really good landing spots for him. I just hope I just don't think he's I don't think he's the right pick for us, which is why I don't want him. Obviously, I don't know the guy, so I ain't got nothing against him personally. He's just not who I would pick and I, I just don't think it's a good fit for us. Easy um, easy person to root for just because of his recent uh, without a doubt. personal history. Yeah. And and like I've said on Twitter a thousand times if he comes here, I'm going to love him to death. He's like, I, I'm, I'm super likable. For for those yeah. that don't know, um, his sister passed away this past uh, early in the season, I believe. Um, and, and that was hard on him. And I believe he had, was it a kidney infection? It was a kidney infection as yeah, well. He missed some time. So, you know, you as well as many others bring up the lack of production and I think that teams really have to do their homework on a guy like this because it's like, okay, how much of his lack of production was because he's maybe not a refined, as refined a football player and how much of it, it was, you know, these uh, external factors that, that are no doubt playing some, uh, having some impact on his um, ability to probably produce in the NFL, or I'm sorry, produce in college. Um, you know, it's, it's always tough. You're battling you know, a kidney infection, which is, which is no doubt rough. Uh, and then you've got the, the mental uh, struggles with, with losing a very close family member. Yeah. And he, and he's a guy, like I said, like you said, he's easy to root for. I hope he has a long career. If he comes to Jacksonville, I am going to cheer for him super hard. Just like in 2018, I cheered super hard for Taven Bryan. You know, I wanted him to be excellent even though I had my doubts. Um, and, you know, he's still he's still in the league, so he's obviously finding a way to be valuable somewhere. Uh, so, Brian Brzee, great story, excellent guy, based on everything you hear. I'm sure he's going to have a great NFL career. I just don't think he's a great fit for the Jags. So, that's really the only pick that would upset me and kind of leave a sour taste in my mouth. I don't like – I'm not a big fan of Cam Smith either for us at that at that pick. I agree with you on that. I'd rather have. Julius Brents or DJ Turner or Emmanuel Forbes at that spot for us, which might be a little high for those guys. So if we're going to take a corner, take them later um, and maybe grab one of those guys. Clark Phillips is another one I'd love to have again, too early at 24. If Cam Smith's there at 56, uh, you know, I'm, I'm we're down. Yeah. If any of those corners are there at 56, I'm down. Yeah. But if we're taking a corner at 24, I want Deontay Banks. Like he's my, he's be my number one at that spot, which I think, um, I think Baltimore snatches him up. Like uh, I think it's so two picks. I think it's two picks before us. I loved him before the combine. Yeah, which I told you. I told you before the combine. I'm like, hey, this Banks kid's good. And then yeah, like, the combine out. happened, and then I'm like, oh shit, I didn't expect him to do that. Yeah, dude, dude posted a 10, 10.0, right? Uh, yeah, he did ten point oh. Uh, so perfect, perfect uh, RAS for him. second corner. I think. Yeah, because right, there's so many. Forever. Yeah. Um, so the final thing uh, that I have is that 
uh, Jags Twitter can rest easy. I have found my four days till the draft countdown. It's been settled. I did some research over here, and um, I found a loophole that I used once before. Uh, Leonard Fournette was the fourth overall pick for the Jaguars. So, <laughs> aha. I did the same thing 43 days to the draft. I used uh, Maurice Williams because he was the fourth, 43rd overall pick. Who? Um, you know. Uh, so, Leonard Fournette will be the countdown. So, you'll have to tune in, though, to Twitter to see who – uh, three and two are number one is going to be my boy uh, from Jennings, Louisiana. Travis Etienne. Not Mike Hollis. <laughs> it's going to be Travis Etienne. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it's we're getting there. God, you know, these next few days are going to go so slow. Yeah, um, it's, uh, it's especially excruciating for me because this is also finals week for me. So I've got the NFL draft and finals, which it always works out this way. It's painful. Uh, your, your boy is getting very little sleep. Do you have any finals on Friday? No. Oh, well, then Thursday is just going to be a big sell. Thursday is going to be nice and sh- hopefully stress-free. <laughs> I do have a big paper due Wednesday, so these next couple days are going to be – it's going to be rough for me. Uh, but I think the Jaguars are in a really good spot. I think they're going to have numerous players – uh, that they could take that I'd be really, really happy with. I think it's really hard to go wrong unless they do something way out of left field and take like Jalen Hyatt or Quentin Johnston or, or something, something we did with Jameer Gibbs. Uh, I, I think it's otherwise pretty hard for them to screw this up too, too bad. Uh, you've made, for you're, you're prepared for about eleven or uh, about a dozen guys for the Jaguars to potentially draft. I am, and if it's not one of them, I am going to be a very unhappy camper. I'm gonna be very confused if it's not one of them, unless I, like Deontay Banks or Van Ness just falls into our lap, and I'm yeah screaming around my house. So I've made draft cards, um, graphics for Brian Branch, Brian Brzee, Deontay Banks, Anton Harrison. Osiris Torrance, Dalton Kincaid, Miles Murphy, Nolan Smith, Kelly Ringo, Darnell Wright, Darnell Washington, and Michael Mayer. So you know how hilarious it would be for us to draft Miles Murphy and just have Trayvon Walker and Trayvon Walker that isn't as good as Trayvon Walker. I'd be happy because I have the card made. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not, I'm gonna be scrambling. I might have to make a few more. I might have to make a Lucas Van Ness just to be careful. Um, I might have to make a Cam Smith, unfortunately. If Devin um, Witherspoon's there, don't bother making a card. I, I, I don't want you to make a card if it's Devon Witherspoon. Uh, Devon Witherspoon, Joey Porter Jr. is another guy that I might have to make one for. I don't really think there's any other possibilities outside of the guys I've already I hope made. Not. Um, I hope not. But it's it's inter- It's going to be a fun draft, man. This I think I've, I'm looking more forward to this draft 2021, obviously, because we were getting Trevor was exciting, but we knew it was coming, so it was a little anticlimactic. The mystery in this is... uh, The mystery for basically every team after the first pick. Yeah, and even the first pick is still, like, not surefire. Uh, Yeah, I mean, right now you'd put about a 95% chance on it. Um, And and where's AR go? That's another big one. Yeah, 2 through 31 are a complete mystery to everyone, and that's awesome. And it's uh, going to be extra hilarious because you know, and it's usually either Seattle or the Saints. 
that just drafts some dude that you have never heard of. The, most of dr- Caesar uh, Ruiz. <laughs> yeah, most. Of, well, the even worse one was uh, the the linebacker from uh, Texas Tech. Yeah, George Brooks. Yeah, he's actually turned into a fine player. It's just yeah. like everyone was like, "Who?" They the also took one, Rash- uh, Rashad Penny in the first round, who was projected to be like a fourth round pick by yeah. everyone. And then uh, is it Marcus Davenport? Yeah, they traded up. They, everyone thought it was they gave be up a, a first for him. Yeah. Everyone thought it was going to be the heir to Drew Brees, and then they trade up like twenty picks for a, a defensive end, and everyone's like, "Okay." But uh, like uh, twenty twenty one, we all everybody knew Trevor Wilson, and then it was the the mystery of Lancer Mack at three uh, for San Francisco. Twenty twenty two, I feel like everybody in the world knew Trayvon. Aiden Stingley sauce. Like we all kind of knew if Detroit didn't go QB, that was going to be the top four. Uh, we have no clue what's going to happen next Thursday. And that is awesome. Especially when we're picking late. Um, there's, a, there's a chance that two doesn't pick two, three doesn't pick three. Uh, six doesn't pick six, seven doesn't pick set. Like it's. Yeah. There's going to be, there could be the chance for a lot of movement. Yeah. It's and for these tackles. I wouldn't be surprised if some like a team like the Jets, who really need an O line, if they try to jump a team like Chicago to go get Paris Johnson. Yeah, I mean, because everything for New York has to be centered around winning a Super Bowl this year, mm-hmm. and they're not. But you know, whatever. Um, they could re they could literally get Jim Brown in his prime at running back. Like it wouldn't matter. The Jets aren't winning the Super Bowl this year. Um, but I'm going to sneak in one more before it's over. Titans trade up for a quarterback. It's not a shocker to anybody, but it's going to happen. I, I think it's Will Levis if they do it. Yeah, they're going to have to trade up, and they're going to have to go all the way to three. I just don't – I don't see them drafting Anthony Richardson. That's not their style of ball. No, I think Tennessee is going to give up, obviously, 11 – um, they're gonna have to give up their first rounder in 2024. Can they do it without giving up their first rounder again in 2025? Yeah, they could do it. All right, so because you're probably talking, you're probably talking pick five. Can they? Can they? Can they give up 11, 41, and their first rounder next year for three? Is that enough for three? I don't think they have to trade up to three. I don't. I don't think they trade. I think they, the highest. If they want Levis, five. they have to get to three. If they want Levis, they have to get to three because the Colts want Levis. Assu- assuming that the Colts take Levis, yeah. I, I, I they just took Malik Willis. I don't think they're going to take Anthony Richardson. That just Malik Willis might get cut in training camp. I just don't think that they're going to draft another. At super athletic raw raw. Yeah. I think Anthony Richardson's world's better than Malik Willis was coming out. Yeah. But, We're uh, doing it again, by the way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> JC and I have a tendency to uh I'll ask JC if he has anything left. He'll say no. And then we somehow keep a conversation going for another 20 minutes. But uh do you have anything left? No. With that. We look forward to this long week ahead as the Jaguars prepare for their 24th pick in the NFL draft. It might be earlier. Uh, That would be fun.
I'm open to it. It doesn't sound like Trent Balky is really open to it. I, them, them already coming out and saying that they've got it down to two, three players kind of tells me that they're probably just going to sit where they are. One of those three players will be there. And, and, and I think that's going to be the Jaguars pick. Um, but uh, it's going to be one fun last week. And then we're going to have the three most fun days in the year for, for you and I probably. Can't wait. I'm going to watch every pick. Well, can't wait if, to see where can't wait to see where Jake Moody gets drafted. Place your bets now. Oh wait, Hank. So we won't have another episode come out before the whole draft is over, most likely. We'll probably, uh, yeah, we'll we'll probably do a, a draft recap. We could do a day one draft recap, depending on. We could what, we could do it on yeah we we could possibly do it on Friday. So, but if we don't, one more time, last question for you: Does Stetson Bennett get drafted? Yes. Seventh round? Six or seven. Do I think he should? No. Do I think it's going to be an awful pick? Yes. Am I ready for to see who makes this stupid decision? Absolutely. Do you remember Jason White? Yes. Do you remember Matt Malk? Yes. That's Stetson Bennett. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know, that's the thing. Here we go again. But anyway, it's like Stetson Bennett, It, it he. it's perfectly fine if he wins two national titles as a college quarterback and doesn't become a pro, like there's nothing wrong with that. Like he can literally just live his life off of that, but he's so unlikable. It doesn't really seem like he has that much interest in playing. He didn't go to the, he didn't go to the um, senior bowl. He he also just got arrested. Um, Who has it? (laughs) Me? (laughs) Me? (laughs) Uh, So Matt Malk won a natty. And now he is a, I believe, dentist in Colorado. Good uh, for him. Yeah. Jason White won the Heisman. And I mean, I'm not sure exactly what he's doing, but it's not football. Um, neither one of them really had an NFL shot. Uh, I think Tim Matt Ball, Tebow. Tebow had a much bigger career than uh, those two. But look, but look, if I'm Setson Bennett, if you want to play, then play. I'm not going to tell him that he shouldn't try. But I think he's done enough to enjoy very much the rest of his life. Like, he can go sell State Farm and wear his title rings and sell a whole lot of insurance to people. Like He's, he's got the look down. Person. Yeah, for sure. You can't you see him in the red polo? Like, oh, yeah. It's perfect. Um, I'm going to say he does get drafted because it would be very odd for a back-to-back national champion quarterback to not get drafted. Um, but I'm going to say that he doesn't make a team. Like, I'm for sure going to say that he does not make an opening NFL opening week roster. He's either going to be practice squad or he's going to get cut and he's going to end up playing in a spring league. Yeah, he's he's uh, old, unathletic. He's actually – he's semi-athletic. He's not a uh, runner, though. Not very good at football. Yeah. So uh, but I w- in case we're not able to record before day three – I wanted to sneak that one in just so we could we could see if that's a hit for both of us. Well, I think with that, we will call it a, a day. Uh, I, we bid you all adieu, and as always, do vault till we pod.